Welcome to Straight from the Author, a podcast that gives you a front row seat as leading authors discuss their books at a Warren Public Library. All right, everybody, let's get started. Let's um, give a warm welcome to Lindsay Hi. Uh, Thank you guys for having me. Thank you, Amy, for reaching out. I'm excited to be here. It's been pretty cool getting out and talking to people. It's kind of different. Usually I'm just behind the screen, so it's always nice to really get to, uh, you know, just meet people in person. So my name is Lindsay Green. I am the dining and restaurant critic at the Detroit Free Press. Um, I'm coming up on a year in my role, uh, so it's still pretty new. It feels still fairly new, especially with COVID restrictions. We're still kind of working from home. We're kind of trying to get back into the office a couple days a week. Uh, So still kind of getting the lay of the land. But uh, it's been a really great first year. It's been a really great experience. The Free Press is an awesome place to work. I've really enjoyed my time so far. So just to kind of give you guys uh, a a little overview of probably how this will work, um, I'll just kind of give you my background, let you know how I I ended up here, ended up in Detroit, uh, got to the free press. Um, We'll talk about some restaurants and what's going on in the dining scene in in Metro Detroit. Uh, I focus a lot on Detroit, so that's really kind of where my my head is at and where my experience is at, but there are a few out here in Macomb County that I can talk about. So, So to take it, From the beginning, um, I am actually fairly new to food writing. So my career started uh, in beauty. Uh, I started as a beauty editor in New York. I'm originally from New York. I've been in Detroit now for about five years. Uh, I think I just made five years in July, July, August maybe. So um, yeah, just hit that mark. Um, I'm from Mount Vernon, New York, which is right outside of the Bronx. Um, Went to school in the Bronx. graduated from Penn State, went to college in uh, State College. And so, yeah, so I started, I I studied journalism, focused in in print journalism. I actually did a double major in international studies and journalism. And at the time, what I really wanted to do, my my goal was that I wanted to end up in beauty. At the time, I don't think I realized there was a difference between beauty and fashion. I think it all just kind of felt like women's interests to me. And that's really, you know, where I wanted to end up. I definitely was a, a, a magazine junkie. I still, to this day, I collect magazines. I love reading fashion magazines and women's lifestyle. There, although there aren't that many left. <laughs> a lot of them have, have since folded. But that, that's really where I wanted to end up, and I did. So when I graduated from, uh, from Penn State, uh, I jumped right into it. You know, fortunately, I, I'm from New York, so I was able to go back home and uh, live at my parents and, and, you know, be able to afford uh, a career in, in magazines because at the time, you know, the salary is very low. New York is very expensive. So I, I, I was able to make it work just being from there. Um, so started my career at Ebony Magazine. Um, for anyone who knows about Ebony, they're actually based in Chicago. Uh, They were founded by Johnson Publishing Company as the first black publication uh, in the country. I think it was in the 60s that they were founded. But uh, the beauty department, the beauty and fashion department, was actually based in New York. So I worked in that department. Um, I worked very closely with the woman who essentially founded or kind of really, she really... um, she didn't found the, uh, start the, the beauty and fashion department, but she really did get it. Uh, she really did build it from the ground up. Um, her name is Elaine Walteroth. 
She's a judge on Project Runway. She uh, she's an author, a New York Times bestselling author now. She was the youngest editor in chief of Teen Vogue. So she's gone on to do some really amazing things, and that's where I got my start. She and I just. Literally, the two of us were in one office. We shared an office that was basically the beauty closet. Uh, so I was kind of her right hand and really learned a lot from her. She's amazing. She, If you don't, if you're not familiar with her, uh, I would read up on her because she just has a really great uh, work ethic. And yeah, just learned a lot from her. Um, and also, it's interesting, you know, my career has taken a different trajectory, uh, but she's kind of the queen of the pivot. You know, she started in in beauty. Being the editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue really, you know, has been on that fashion platform. Now she's done broadcast. She was the host of, obviously, she's doing Project Runway, but she also was a host on, uh, I always get the talk shows confused, The Real, The Talk, one or the other. Uh, but she's, you know, she's in broadcast now. So she really is somebody who has mastered uh, the pivot. And that's something that, you know, now here I am kind of changing trajectories in my career, uh, which is pretty interesting. So I uh, got my start there at Ebony. I was there for almost two years. Uh, from there, I moved on. I worked at People Style Watch for a little bit, another magazine that does not exist anymore. Uh, but it was People Magazine's fashion publication. Um, and so I don't know if any of you remember, but it was really big on celebrity fashion. It was about this big. It's like a thick publication, which is really, we, we miss those. So I worked there for a little bit. Um, and I think what I honed at People Style Watch was uh, the sort of copy editing um, experience, fact checking. I really got into the nitty gritty of, of journalism in that department, which was a great experience for me. It was pretty brief. I was It was a temporary position, but uh, it really did feel like it was a part of my formative years as an editor. Um, from there, I went to Glamour. So Glamour launched a beauty publication. It was a quarterly beauty magazine um, established by the beauty department at Glamour. Um, it was called Glam Belleza Latina, another publication that does not exist anymore. Uh, Glamour has also made some changes in the past few years. They are now digital only, um, which is so sad to see. I never expected that Glamour of all publications would kind of take that, you know, that turn. But that's the nature of the industry now. Um, another really great experience building that publication was, it was really great for me because, so I'm half black, half Puerto Rican. My mom is Puerto Rican. I was raised with my mom. So it really was, um, a part of my culture. And, and, you know, um, I said at the top of this that I studied journalism and international studies. And my intention as an undergrad at Penn State was always to find this way to blend my love and my passions for culture and travel and my interest in women's magazines. I wanted to figure out a way to make that work. And it was really difficult because at the time and, and still to this day, that position didn't really exist. What I was hoping for was maybe, you know, I would find some, you know, a glamour or a vogue, you know, an international edition that I'd be able to live abroad and, and you know, um, contribute to that publication from there. But a lot of those are in other languages. They're not English language publications. Or if they are English language, you know, maybe they're in the UK, uh, you know, and, and I wouldn't really get that sort of culture piece that I really was looking for. The other idea that I had in my mind was that I wanted to maybe be the beauty director of a travel magazine, and that role didn't exist. So, you know, they might have had a style director, they might have had somebody who did, you know, a couple of pages of maybe fashion or a few things here and there, but that's not really what was in my heart. I really wanted to uh, cover beauty and cover sort of women's uh, interests through this cultural lens. 
but had a hard time with that. So, you know, in my, in Ebony, I was able to get pieces of that. You know, I was able to cover the black experience from a beauty perspective. At Glambejesa Latina, I was able to get the Latin experience through a beauty perspective, but there wasn't a place to do it sort of all, right? To maybe cover um, rituals in Indonesia and, and, you know, do that through, again, a beauty perspective. Or, if, you know, go to Korea and explore all of those wonderful K-beauty brands that, that really blew up in Sephora and all of the big box retailers. But that was always where sort of my, my mind was. Um, and so from there, so from um, Glam Latina, I, I was there for about two years also. From there, I went to Teen Vogue. At Teen Vogue, I was the digital beauty editor. For anybody who's familiar with magazines, they've gone through a lot of different uh, changes over the years. I was there really at a pivotal moment where they were really thinking about digital, uh, which is, you know, where I was. That was the space that I sort of occupied, really focusing on uh, beauty coverage, but just on the on the digital platform. And from there, I moved to Chicago. So my husband got a job uh, in Chicago. He actually also was in broadcast. He was a, a producer. And so he um, took a job at a digital sports network out in Chicago. And so I you know, just decided to freelance. The market really is in New York for magazines. And so once I left, I kind of sort of lost a piece of that, but I was able to still freelance. So I did a lot of work for websites like uh, L.com and Allure and InStyle. I did stuff for travel and leisure. Um, I really just kind of tried to keep my hands uh, in that women's interest sort of space as much as I could. But I, I kind of branched out from beauty and did a little bit of fashion. I did some travel. I did some wellness. Even did something for ESPN at one point. So a little bit of sports, which is not my world at all, but it was a great experience. And so I did that, but with that um, uh, passion in the back of my mind about, again, combining, you know, beauty and travel and culture, I launched my own digital magazine. And so that was called Beauty Atlas, and I traveled to different countries to explore their beauty scene. So I had three issues that I was able to put out. I explored uh, Bali, which was really cool. I went to Cuba, I went to Havana and explored their scene there. That was great. Um, and then I was based in Chicago, so I said, hey, why don't I, you know, explore the scene here in Chicago? It's a totally new place for me. It's my first time really in the Midwest. And so I got to do that, which was great. Beauty Atlas was awesome. It really was me sort of pursuing my passion, but it was something that I also was funding on my own and doing completely on my own from my own, you know, home office. And that was difficult. And I wasn't able to figure out really how to monetize that. So I had to start to think about some other ideas there. But it did really well. People were really um, excited about it and interested in it. And I think it really did have sort of this fresh perspective that didn't exist uh, at women's magazines, we won an award uh, for the what was the award? It was a digital magazine awards um, best new launch, which was great. So it really was well received, um, and I had a great time doing it. Uh, it just wasn't so sustainable. <laughs> so from there, we ended up moving to Detroit. My company, my husband's company in Chicago, they ended up folding, and so we kind of were trying to decide: do we want to go back to New York or do we want to go to Detroit, which is where my husband is from? And ultimately, we decided to come here. I fell in love with the city since I met him. I, you know, we would visit his family now and then. And I just really fell in love with this place. I think there's such a great energy in Detroit. Obviously, you're seeing a lot of change and a lot of growth, which is really exciting for me as a creative person. I feel like there's this really beautiful creative energy here that I love. 
people are amazing. Again, it's it's the Midwest, and I feel like there's this Midwestern charm that I really appreciate, and I find it to be really refreshing coming from a place like New York. And to be honest, I don't know if anybody here is from Chicago, but I did not love Chicago at all. <laughs> Somebody lied to me and said, you know, you're going to love Chicago. It's just like New York, but it's cleaner and the people are nicer. And you just can't compare anything to New York. So. But I love it here. Um, obviously, I've been here now five years, so I'm pretty happy. I don't anticipate going anywhere else. And so things just kind of really uh, were seamless for me when we when we moved to Detroit. So uh, as soon as we got here, we were able. We found a house that we were able to move into really quickly. Uh, within maybe a week or two, I got a job at Our Detroit uh, as their managing editor. So that's where I got my start up here. So yeah, so I started at Our Detroit uh, back in 2017 had a really interesting time there. So uh, I can't remember exactly how quickly, but maybe within, I would say somewhere between two to six months, our editor decided to retire. So they decided to slide me into his position position on, a, on an interim basis. And so I was editing the magazine. I was, you know, working with all of the writers, managing the team. Um, I was working with the creative team, the creative director and the art directors there. Um, was working with the web editors, really trying to build a web presence there, social media, all of it. So I really had my hands in a lot at Our Detroit. But I also really started to develop this interest in food. And what I realized is I just love food. I mean, I've always been a foodie. I've always liked to eat. There's nothing I won't eat except, actually, I would say to this today, there's nothing I won't eat. If you asked me maybe a year ago, beets, it was like the only thing that I just have an issue with. But I don't know, some restaurants have changed my mind. Beets. Oh, I have such a hard time with beets. But, but I'll eat them now. Um, so yeah, so I, it really opened my eyes. I mean, for those of you who are familiar with Our, you know that food is a big, a big part of the publication. It's their photography is so beautiful in that space, and so it's something that they really, um, they really sort of own, I would say. Uh, and so I learned a lot. I would raise my hand to, uh, you know, write food stories whenever I could. Well, at, at the beginning, I was raising my hand. Towards the end, I was just assigning myself. <laughs> um, and and that was really great. And I started to learn about the landscape here. Uh, you know, obviously, it's it's changed so much. Even just in the five years that I've been here, it's grown a lot. Um, it's a really exciting time. Um, at the time that our editor retired, our restaurant critic also retired. And so as I was sort of scouting for uh, a new replacement, um, you know, I was kind of auditioning people and they, you know, would give them opportunities to write a review here and there. And eventually I just said, you know what, why don't I try this? Why don't I take that on myself? That's something I can write consistently. And we'll just see how that goes. And again, I just really enjoyed it. I really had a great time. And, and what I realized was that food has always been natural for me. You know, I talked a lot about my passion with Beauty Atlas and, and my initial goals of leaning into that interest in women's magazines and, and travel and culture. Uh, but what I really think about in hindsight is like when I would go to these countries or when I would go to these places, the first thing I was looking up, really it would just like, 
where can I eat? <laughs> you know, where am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Where's the coffee shop? What's the cool bar? That really was where my interest was. And everything else was work. Then it was like, okay, who can I talk to about beauty? You know, that felt a little bit more forced. And food just was natural. And so as I started writing and really sort of honing my voice, I realized like, I think this is where I always was supposed to be. And it's really interesting because I was at places like Condé Nast and, you know, seeing those test kitchens and seeing, you know, Bon Appetit being there and it just never being on my radar. Sometimes I think, man, I could have gotten started so much faster, but you know, everything happens for a reason. So yeah, so that's sort of how I got my, my, my hands or my feet wet uh, in food, uh, being at Our Detroit. I was there for about four years. So I was managing editor, interim editor, and once they did finally hire a full-time editor, I was kind of in a place where I was wondering what was next. I really was interested in food, really was thinking, you know, okay, what's going to be next for me? And so I was able to create a role, um, created their first role as a dining editor. And so I basically managed the entire food section. Um, so that was writing, not just writing reviews, but it also was, you know, profiling chefs or profiling food entrepreneurs you know, rounding up the new snacks and, and you know, different uh, bakeries, baked goods, things like that, um, profiling those for, for the magazine, um, manage their restaurant guide. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. It's kind of like the Bible for any foodie in this area. Um, and, and it was great. I started that role in January of 2020. And so that role changed a little bit very quickly. Uh, but what was nice about it was that, you know, the nature of the role was remote. I was able to work from home. And so I got sort of a two month jump on the work from home and manage my own workflow uh, before everybody else was forced into that in March. But what also changed obviously was, you know, I wasn't doing the reviews because restaurants were closed. So um, I kind of changed uh, the approach to that by um, instead of going to restaurants and reviewing them, I was reaching out to chefs and asking them their stories and talking to them about how the pandemic has, has impacted their business, how they've had to, you know, the magic word, pivot, how they've had to change their business models, how they were maybe feeding people, how they were helping people in the community, and really was a great opportunity just to talk to these food entrepreneurs as humans. You know, I think when you're going in as a critic and you're going in sometimes anonymously and, and trying to be quiet about it, you don't really get to have that interaction with them. And so the pandemic, although obviously it was an unfortunate and still is an unfortunate circumstance, it really did give me the opportunity to sort of, um, I would say, forge relationships and, and understand what, what these restaurateurs were going through. And here I am. So from there, uh, you know, an opportunity opened up at the Free Press. Mark Kurlianchik, who was the former uh, restaurant critic, he ended up stepping down back in. Actually, it was there were a few months before I started that he ended up leaving. But eventually I, I ended up that, you know, I applied for the role and, and got it. And, and here I am. And like I said in the beginning, it's just been a really great experience. The Free Press has given me a really great opportunity to uh I think what's nice about it is that I'm able to explore the scene really through my own perspective and really share share what I'm seeing through my own experience. You know, I'm not assigned stories. I'm not I'm not told what restaurants to review. It really is pretty autonomous, which is really nice. Um, and and you know, I'm a different person. I'm a black woman. I'm a Latin woman. I'm not from here, so I think my perspective is different than the restaurant critics before me, and they've. Really really given me the latitude to to share that perspective with readers. So 
I think that's a long-winded way of telling my whole my whole story. Well, thank you guys for for having me. This has been fun. Reach out if you've got story ideas for me. Let me know. I mean, this is an area I don't come to so much, but we are we do cover Metro Detroit, so I'm definitely willing and able to explore. Thank you. <laughs> Good to meet you guys. Thank you. Straight from the Author has been brought to you by MyWarn. To hear more podcasts like this, visit MyWarn.org. Again, that's MIWarn.org.